it's never intentional. I never think to myself, avoid peeing in the machine right next to the shower in lieu of peeing in the shower. It just happens. I turn on the water, get in, and am suddenly overcome with the urge to go. I'm not sure why it's so controversial. It immediately goes down the drain, unless the drain is clogged. Be very cautious in this type of situation. And because you're in the shower, the intention is to clean yourself. No big deal, right? When I was little, my dad had to get my hair out of the shower drain. It's unavoidable. If you're a dad, part of your parental responsibilities includes removing the evil that is shedded hair from the drain. My mom tried it once. We were left with lots of dry heaving and a still clogged drain. Growing up, I was convinced it was my dad's superpower to do gross things. Not only was he the hair getter, but he was also the designated tooth puller. My brother and I would nervously sit in the kitchen as dentist dad would pull our loose teeth. I swear I can still hear his maniacal laugh before the procedure. Mwahahaha, the tooth is mine. In a bad Russian mafia accent. Braces were fun. Apparently, my mouth was too small for my adult teeth, so I had a modern-day torture device installed on the roof of my mouth that my mom had to literally crank every night to make my jaw bigger. Haha, penis joke. It was like a horror movie. She would quietly come into my room to kiss me goodnight, then out of nowhere stick a blue plastic orthodontia key in my mouth, turning and cranking until I begged her to stop. No, mommy, no. After the torture machine, one round of braces, rubber bands, and a second round of braces, my pearly whites are now valued at over $2,500. Ka-ching! And if all that wasn't bad enough, I'm still required to wear a plastic retainer every night for the rest of my life. Try having sexy times with your significant other while sporting an ill-fitting piece of plastic laced with bacteria that smells like death. If I followed the rules and wore my retainer, I imagine these sexy times would go something like this. Hey, baby, let's do it. Mmm... I'd love to do that, but you see, there's kind of one small problem. What is it, baby? You can tell me anything. Well, it's kind of this retainer thing. I can't really talk in it and my teeth kind of hurt. Sorry. I'm Danielle, and you're listening to This Is Not The Prologue. Meaningful thoughts that don't matter. The only surgery I've ever had is to have my wisdom teeth removed. One conspiracy theory I feel quite strongly about is that the orthodontia people are in cahoots with the oral surgeon people. The fear-mongering that takes place in this industry. Oh, Danielle, can you imagine how devastating it would be to mess up that $2,500 smile? This could happen if you don't act fast and have all four wisdom teeth extracted. This offer ends soon. The whole process really did feel like one of those bad infomercials that now serve as television artifacts for us to all reflect fondly upon. 
One of my personal favorites that may still exist was the Sunsetter Retractable Awning. Man, what I would have given to have been that couple. Cooling down with a nice cold glass of lemonade. Beating the heat with a retractable sunshade. Talk about living the life. The best part of this product sales pitch was the regular price change. And rather than re-record the audio of the entire infomercial, the new price was simply dubbed in. And badly, may I add. The Sunsetter Retractable Awning can be yours for the low, low price of 30 installments of $450. So yeah, the Wisdom Teeth people extracted my wisdom in order to keep my smile superb. This was in my sophomore year of college, and the only thing I really remember from the experience is that they gave me Percocet as a painkiller, even though my mom explicitly told them I was probably allergic as she is also allergic. They didn't listen. My reaction to the drug was the feeling that my skin was itchy from the inside out. Not like my arms and legs were itchy, but that the only way I could scratch the itch would be to somehow turn my insides on the outside. Needless to say, I was not in a good place mentally. I now rebel against that entire tooth terror adolescent experience by never, ever wearing my retainer. Sorry, Dr. Martin. I grew up in a small town in North Florida called Lake City. It's definitely one of those places where everyone kind of knows everyone. One of those, oh yeah, Greg, he's the son of Buddy Knowles. I played football with him in high school. I think he's one of those Civil War reenactors now. Yes, you heard that right. One of Lake City's claims to fame, and let me be perfectly clear, there are few, is the Battle of Alesti that occurs every February. According to the interwebs, the Battle of Alesti, or Battle of Ocean Pond, was fought in Baker County, Florida on February 20th, 1864 during the American Civil War. It was the largest battle in Florida during the war, and this battle resulted in a Confederate victory. My hometown, Lake City, has hosted the yearly Alesti Battle Festival since the 1970s. The festival includes a 5K, arts and crafts show, live entertainment, and multiple booths selling kettle corn. On President's Day weekend each February, an annual historical reenactment is conducted on the site of the battle right outside the city. Thousands of reenactors from across the U.S. and even from overseas have participated over the years. This whole spectacle is kind of representative of the city a place that sells Confederate flags like a beach town sells tie-dye t-shirts. Many of the residents are proud to associate with this century-and-a-half-year-old victory. It's strange to me. The city's newspaper, the Lake City Reporter, or its more apt nickname, the Lake City Distorter, proudly features only a few recurring highlights on the front page. The high school football team's latest victory or defeat, the most recent major construction project on the one major highway, and of course, the aforementioned Civil War reenactment. 
Ooh, here's a good one from the February 27th edition. And I quote, Woman burned her boyfriend literally. Our relationship got a little too hot for one Lake City woman. For a small town, Lake City has had its fair share of scandals. In 2011, there was what can only be described as a pizza war. The local Papa John's was burned to the ground. The culprit? Two managers from Domino's. According to police, one of the Domino's managers felt that if Papa John's was no longer open, it would increase his business. He said he got tired of their vehicles driving by his store. You cannot make this shit up. And what I need for everyone to understand is there is just one of both of these chains. We're not talking about one random disgruntled Domino's manager burning down one Papa John's. We're talking about the Domino's people burning down the Papa John's. Huge news. As a kid, my favorite part of the Lake City Reporter paper delivery was the weekly TV guide. I would scour the schedule and star the programming I wanted to remember to watch. What a wholesome time. No TiVo, no DVR, no streaming, no keeping up with acquaintances just so you can readily access their HBO sign-in. Just my family, the TV, and you betcha, another showing of the Shawshank Redemption. I never actually watched Shawshank as a kid, given the R rating, but would nearly burst at the seams when the TV guy confirmed, yes, this movie had been given the green light to grace television screens everywhere for at least another week. I did watch, often sneakily, things I shouldn't have. One night, I went into the kitchen and observed my dad sitting in the living room watching Stephen King's It. Yeah, the clown one. In this particular scene, Pennywise emerges from a shower drain as his normal yet still terrifying self. 30 seconds later, he ducks his head, then is revealed to have transformed into the scary version, all pointy, jagged teeth and yellow eyes. This movie scene is burned into my memory so brightly that I still find myself doing a double check on the shower drain every once in a while. This is Also around the same time I watched, with consent or not is unclear, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho with the infamous shower scene. All of a sudden as a kid, the shower became a very dangerous place to be. Maybe peeing in it became a defense mechanism to ward off clown-costumed drain dwellers and serial killers with mommy issues. Who knows? It seems like the jury's still out on this debate. Shower peers unite! Thank you for listening to This Is Not The Prologue. Welcome back, everyone, to Volume 2. It feels oh so good to be back behind the mic sharing the weird thoughts and anecdotes from my brain. 
I'm so appreciative that you've found your way back here as a returning listener or perhaps as a new listener. Hello. If you are new to the show, you can listen to episodes in any order that you like. And if you're curious about the origin story of the podcast, I do recommend going back to the beginning with the volume one opener, Start Here. You'll quickly learn, or if you've known me for a while, I'm figuring out this big, weird world. And this podcast is a space for me to process some of my personal history and provide, hopefully, humorous observations of said big, weird world. This is very much come as you are, listen wherever you're at, let your hair down, let loose. Thank you for the listen. You were here, and now you have other things to do. Take care out there.